Hi, fellow caregivers. This is Liz Wessel here, and I am with two fabulous caregivers, Bridget Norambuena, Rehab Manager, and Dr. Erica Valley, PT, both at Little Company of Mary Home Health in Torrance. And so today, Erica is going to share a little bit about her home care journey and some strategies she has developed over the years to ensure success in home health. And as we know, home health can really be challenging with the unique setting that we work in. No other setting are we going out to patients' homes, so that means driving, it means setting up a schedule, the documentation, the dogs that might <laughs> bite. There's a lot of unique challenges in the home setting. So I think it'll be wonderful to hear some of the tips that you have developed. And let me turn that over now to Bridget as well as Erica. Thank you. Thanks so much for that nice introduction, Liz. We really appreciate it. And I'm really excited. You know, Erica, I, I've worked in home health 25 years and Erica's newer to it, but I think she has such a amazing mastery over this craft that we um, do. And I'm really excited for her to share some of that with you. So we want to kind of talk a little bit, Erica, about some of the key areas I know that you kind of focus on that help you maintain that work-life balance. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, I know that there's a lot of caregivers new to Epic um, in these past week, and it can be a bit overwhelming. So one thing I think you do is you kind of stay on top of that list of patients that you are actively kind of either case managing or the primary PT on. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure. Hi, everyone. I definitely think with Epic, it does provide pretty easy to use interface, but one of the things I find that helps me at least to stay kind of up to date on the patients that I'm managing um, that I may not have met or you know maybe have been working with for a long time, trying to kind of declutter some of those extra names that are added to my patient list. They will often be added without ever even having a PT order. Sometimes it just comes through in that area that we work in. So being able to quickly scroll through, glance, and find a name or at least be familiar with a name um, really helps me to at least stay kind of on top of who I should be looking out for and kind of know who I have on my case management schedule. I find that is a pretty easy thing that can go through and do on our own. Unfortunately, Epic doesn't ever delete them for you. So it's a simple click of a button, but it doesn't automatically do that once they've been discharged. So something that I find to be very helpful. Yeah, because you can get lost in that. And I think, yeah. you know, when we think about our core values, that really helps lead you toward that excellence you demonstrate when you're in the field. So I, I, I think okay. that is a really simple but handy tip. I know other things you work on a lot and I think help to make you effective is that you're able to kind of look forward to the next day and you look at the whole week. I mean, when I look ahead in your schedule, I already see which patients you're going to see for sure, which ones the PTA can see, which, you know, I see all that stuff. So how do you manage that? Because I think that kind of shows how you treat patients with dignity and compassion and yourself as well. You're able to kind of balance that. So talk yeah. a little bit about that. I think definitely one of the things that home health has, you know, that can be quite stressful about home health is having, not having a set schedule and having to 
be be very proactive with your scheduling and making sure that you have kind of a, a direction that you know you're working towards with your schedule, knowing who's upcoming in the week, who could potentially fill a space that, you know, would help to make things go a little smoother if you do have a person fall off of your schedule. Um, so I, I find that that really helps me value and, you know, create respect for our schedulers who do that day to day. And that's, you know, something we, we heavily rely on them for, but it helps me to feel a little more in control and a little less stressed. If I know someone who's a little more flexible, who could maybe fill a last minute space or an area that I'm in, I know I have a couple other patients in that area knowing kind of where they are in the week and what their visit set has been set up like. So if I need to last minute pull somebody forward or push them back, I have um, at least been looking in that direction and can really kind of make things go a little bit smoother. I think kind of that goes part and parcel with that is that you're also able to kind of talk to your patients about your availability in a compassionate uh, way, um, showing good integrity and dignity when we're reflecting on your values. So talk about that, how you create those schedules that work so that you can manage. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's, I I feel like I I try to be as persistent as I can with scheduling. So, um, you know, maybe a couple calls in an evening um, or kind of throughout the day. If I know that I'm, I have somebody who's difficult to schedule or tough to schedule um, that seems to go a long way for me, um, even if, you know, it's just I know they can't get to the phone quickly. So I'll, I'll try to call back in a couple minutes. That way I know um, I might have a better chance of reaching them again um, and then not having to be as attached to my phone come later on in the evening trying to schedule myself. Um, but that that really helps also just providing them kind of that expectation up front that, you know, things can change. I do my best to. Um, you know, provide kind of that uh, upfront about what our scheduling is going to be like for them. That way, if they do get a last minute call, um, they're not as surprised and usually a little more flexible for for scheduling, which is, you know, really helpful. So it's like you're setting that expectation from the get go. I think so much is about expectations, right? So right. I mean, trying to just show them that, you know, I do value their time and you know, hopefully they can value mine and they can be as, you know, flexible with me as, as long as I'm, you know, willing to do that in return, if they've, you know, specified that they can only be seen between certain hours of the day or certain days of the week. So I think that has really helped me to help create kind of a bond when it comes to that, that scheduling piece with most of my patients, not everyone, but most people are, if you show them that kind of upfront, that compassion and dignity towards, you know, listening to what they need and what they want, and then, you know, helping to kind of incorporate that as much as possible. That seems to help. For sure. And I know you, you're very good at understanding how not only do we need to, in our workplace, be good stewards of our resources, but also you want the patients to know, to respect their time with you. So kind of how do you set up those, you know, when you're trying to prepare for their visit frequency and how long you'll be with them, what type of language and how do you explain that and talk with patients about it to make you successful? Yeah, I mean, usually that seems to be a pretty common question. So people will ask how long are our sessions, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just as they would with any outpatient or other type of setting that they've been working in, whether it was in the hospital or something in the past. So 
trying to be very clear about, you know, our kind of expectation is between 30 and 45 minutes for our follow-ups. That at least seems to set them on the right track. Also really trying to set kind of a focus for the session. They may have, you know, a multitude of things that they want to work on or are struggling with. So kind of picking one or two that day, maybe three, depending on what it is, and then setting our focuses on those and then addressing with them, you know, we'll work on the rest or another few at the next session. So making a note to myself, putting it in the visit note, just so that way we continue to be following up with them on those things. So they feel, you know, that we were respecting kind of what they had told us and making sure that they can, they can understand that we have goals for that day, specific things to work towards, and we won't be there all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I see that as an area that a lot of clinicians get really challenged at. Like, how do they end the visit? How do they control that? And I think you do that in such a kind and respectful way. So yeah, I, think, I really think Epic, too, has helped quite a bit with especially access on my mobile device, my phone. So I find that kind of when I'm nearing the end of a visit, it's usually a pretty easy transition to say our, our next visit is scheduled for and I can, you know, kind of flip through and I'll say mm -hmm. right now we're looking towards the beginning of next week if it's, you know, end of the week. So that seems to help kind of transition into uh, an exit time without getting kind of trapped. I really and then you don't have to pull out your computer <laughs> again. But, you know, it's just something you can kind of glance at and say, well, I do see we have two visits scheduled for next week. So, you know, we'll be in touch to kind of schedule our next session. That has really, uh, I think that was a really good addition, Epic. Yeah, that's <laughs> really, great. Really helpful. <laughs> I think a big question a lot of people have is the balance with the documentation. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about, first of all, I know you use smart phrases, so how those have helped you. And I'm not talking about the smart phrases that we're mandating as part of our workflows, but I'm talking about ones you've developed on your own. But also I want you to talk about, um, I know we've, we've gone over like how, what you do in the home, what types of things you do outside the home, what things you wait until you get to your actual house to do, right. you know, how do you balance that? So kind of talk us through yeah. those things. Um, I mean, smart phrases, I, I really started putting them into use, I would say within, I don't know, the last six months or so. I was working as a traveler before coming on full time and I didn't utilize them as as much as I I just didn't I don't know why I didn't use them but I didn't put them into practice as much maybe it's because I thought it was more temporary um, but now being full-time I definitely have started to utilize them a little bit more common phrases and things that I catch myself typing kind of over and over again and you know the, the use of the wild cards that allows us to kind of make it patient specific but if I'm utilizing a very a very similar exercise sheet and for example I can at least get the basis and then can add additional pieces or support that we needed or, you know, advancements with TheraBand or other other household items. So that has been helpful and kind of fast tracking some of those common things that I use. And also even in the home, that makes it a little bit easier to, you know, you simply can add a phrase and then mm -hmm. get as it started typing. Epic does have a lot of really good just open spaces that you can type through, which sometimes can be daunting and kind of where do I start? You know, I have a lot on my mind. So if you can even just get those couple things that you did kind of in the home down on their drop down box, that seems to help me quite a bit. So definitely something I would encourage anyone to anyone new to Epic or, you know, used to Epic, just taking a couple minutes to set up a few that they 
they use often. Um, they're really. I think sometimes people get scared, like, oh, it's such mm-hmm. a big deal to set them up, and it really isn't. Yeah, I know we did some training to it, but yeah. it's simple, yeah. you, you know, yeah. and you can do it quickly, and then it saves time from there on out. You it know? does. It does. Definitely something I, I would encourage anyone to use, traveler or full-time. <laughs> and tell us a little yeah. bit, though, about kind of, you know, what you do in the home and what, you know, kind of how that balance of documentation is, because I know so, you typically – finish a six point day in eight hours. I mean, yeah. you, you let me know when you don't, we have traffic issues. You had a late start of care, but you are one of my best at, at really doing that consistently. So explain that, yeah. how you handle that. Um, so for me, I feel like I've really tried to set myself up kind of on a, an hour system. So I kind of look at when I'm scheduling, I try just based on where people are to set them up on the hour, um, especially repeat visits, start of cares and some of the longer lengthy visits, reassessment, resumptions, I know take a little bit longer, but if I look kind of hour by hour, um, I usually try to allow myself 10 to 15 minutes or so after travel for documenting in my car before before leaving or going into another home. Um, so that really helps me kind of stay on track. At least I know I've gotten some pertinent thoughts down, um, maybe able to finish a note if it's a repeat note, which really for me had kind of uh, helps streamline my day a little bit, not waiting till the absolute end of the day. Um, And then some of the ones that do take a little bit longer, I usually try to give myself kind of a goal. Um, So if I have a couple minutes to start the care plan, I'll at least get some of the things that I know have to be in there down on the page. And then some of the things that may take a little more time I might not get to, but at least I've gotten it started. That for me seems to be a lot less daunting at the end of the day, as long as I've gotten um, a portion of it started, um, so I don't end up with a full full evening of notes to do. Um, so I, I encourage people to have their computer kind of handy. Give yourself, you know, kind of set aside times so that you can just take a few minutes um, and at least try to get something started. Yeah, and I also note that you stay on top of any revisions that are needed. You usually <laughs> let me know they're taken care of before I even have a chance to ask you. So yeah. <laughs> much appreciated. But um, I mean, you don't make a lot of errors, but you know, we all are human. We're striving yeah. for excellence, not perfection. So, right. you know, you, you're very good about that. What has helped you be able to document as accurately as you do and not have so many corrections thrown your way? Because I know that saves time too. If we do it right the first yeah. time. Um, I feel like, so when, I mean, when they started sending back to us the things that we were making errors on, I was like, wow, that's a lot of things I messed up. <laughs> um, so I really <laughs> did go back to some of those care planning documents that I had saved on my computer um, and just made sure I took a one closer look. I and mean, it does <laughs> that we kind of get into habits. So um, there were a, thing, a few things I noticed myself just reflecting on that I was missing most often. Um, so I just made sure that I really was familiar with those. That way I, um, I didn't have that in the future a little bit less than, um, but yeah, I, I think it is kind of helpful to see. I know it's one more thing that seems to come into our inbox, but it, it really, it helps me. I feel like I've, I've definitely made fewer errors because I'm more aware of the errors I was making. So I, I do appreciate them sending me those little notes. <laughs> I think quality will appreciate hearing that too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know it's a lot of work for them. They've, I imagine they, they're like, I have a lot to send out, but I do, at least for myself, I feel like it has helped to just kind of reflect on what, what common mistakes I was making. 
for sure. Yeah. I think those really, the, when you talk about documentation, I think that really reflects our values of excellence and integrity because, you know, you're showing that you're learning, you're a work in progress, things that you have changed as you've gone along that really helped you, but also that you are doing the best for the patient. You're spending the time you need with them. You're getting the work done. You're, you know, you're painting the picture. So if a PT assistant or an OT is going in and they want to know what's going on, that documentation's there. So I really commend you for doing that. Yeah, I find it helpful too to, to make sure if I have something I want to make a note of, if I have my computer already open, it seems like I forget a little less. So if I can mm-hmm. even just kind of jot it on a notes um, on my computer or write it on, you know, something for the next visit, that seems to help even if it's I need to change a visit set, if I make a note kind of next to my my scheduling setup, and then I at least don't forget to to forward yeah. that into my thoughts later on today. Yeah, I think as part of us being a high reliability organization and and really you know speaking up for safety, that we have to make sure that we're documenting as mm-hmm. close to point of service that we can, and making sure, you know, sometimes narrating to the patient, hey, just give me a moment that what you've told me is really important. Let me document that because they understand. They don't want us to see us on a keyboard the entire time, right? Right, right. So you're really good about staying up on that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Liz, did you have any other questions for Erica um, with her journey in home health and the tactics she uses? Well, I was just wondering what it was like for you, Erica, when you first came into home health, because I think of being such a unique setting, it can really be overwhelming to caregivers. And did you experience any of that? And then over time, as you journey through home health, you certainly have been sharing some of the techniques that have helped you to, you know, really organize yourself in a way that is working for you. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if you share a little bit about your journey and how you came to Providence and what was it like starting with us? Was it overwhelming? Or? <laughs> um, I mean, definitely a lot different than any of the other settings that I had been familiar with. I came to Providence as a traveler, like I mentioned, but um, had any home health experience. So was working primarily outpatient in the neuro setting as well as the workers comp setting. So different expectations with paperwork. I would say definitely home health and Oasis charting was something to juggle, learning kind of what was most appropriate to be placed for scoring and for each patient that you came across. I feel like for me, probably just with most difficult was, you know, not having it kind of as a routine yet. So I would reference those care plans quite often. Um, which, you know, may feel like it's slowing you down, but really long-term helps to kind of cement exactly what you need to have in your note. So that Mm -hmm. way going back later, you don't have as many corrections or revisions or, you know, errors that are need to be addressed. I feel like kind of learning it, almost not really having any experience, I feel like was helpful and really kind of starting with a blank slate, not having any um, kind of bad habits that I feel like I could have formed. So I do appreciate all the the training that Providence was able to provide to somebody who hadn't had any home health experience. Um, But I think that was probably just most difficult, just not having it kind of in my, in a streamlined way yet. So using the care plans helped a lot, having those handy um, in a binder and then, you know, eventually realizing that you, I didn't need them as, as much. So I was able to kind of put the binder away 
Um, it takes a while. I know. It does. It does. It takes time, um, but it definitely it helped. It definitely helped. It's interesting because prior to you and um, a couple other people coming on board, we really hadn't ever wanted to bring anyone without home health experience. And because you have done such a good job amongst some other people, I've been bringing in a lot of people who have good clinical background, good educational background, but just seem like people of providence and people who want to learn our system. And we've had such great success. So you really broke the ice on that. And I appreciate that because yeah, yeah. went to show, cause I, I know Liz probably knows the same at one time, they always said, you know, you have to come with a lot of experience when you're coming into home health, but you know, you guys have done such an amazing job that, you know, I wouldn't think twice about it, especially. Yeah. Given the right <laughs> Unfortunately, that is something, I mean, even as a traveler, you see quite often, you know, one year of experience, six months of experience, or at least, you know, previous contract. So I felt pretty fortunate to be able to kind of get the experience, uh, which is, it's hard because yeah, it's somebody won't open up to somebody without experience. It's hard to gain that. Um, Home health is unfortunately not as common of a field that uh, you hear about going through school uh, doesn't come up as often. So getting the exposure, even as a traveler, was, I think, definitely a blessing having being able to to learn about the field and kind of get get that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering if you would want to share what is it about home health that keeps you here? What, what do you like about home health? Oh, good question. So I, like I mentioned briefly, I worked in some outpatient settings. Um, and I, at least for, from my standpoint in home health, I feel like I really benefit from that small time to decompress in my car. So, you know, getting, getting a glass of water, drink of water, um, having a quick snack, even if I'm kind of, you know, headed to the next place. I can think and reflect on how the day is going or, you know, what I need to do for the next person. And I feel like sometimes in the outpatient world or hospital setting, you still have other people kind of giving you input. So for me, and I I have, you know, some other people I know who would reflect differently on that. But I, I feel like for me, that ability to decompress really helps to get me kind of onto the next person and ready for the next visit versus being kind of even in just that office type setting. So that's, yeah. I think one of the big things that really keeps me, I think it really kind of bodes well with my personality and how, how I get myself kind of uh, through the day. Yeah. And uh, I'm just wondering what inspired you to become a physical therapist and come mm-hmm. into this field of healthcare? I honestly had never, I still, I mean, touch red, have never been to physical therapy so I, I'm not like most people, they, you know, had a great experience with a therapist. I think for me, the biggest thing was I had tried a different major in computing world and realized that that was not for me. So uh, very <laughs> shortly after freshman orientation, uh, you know, went to see a counselor and said, I, I need I need a different major. I need to do something else. So I was kind of asked to look at things I like to do. And a lot of it was movement and exercise based. So I was able to shadow a couple of therapists in the area where I went to my, did my undergraduate degree. So that I think kind of pointed me in that direction. So I, I guess, yeah, they kind of inspired me to do so, but I felt like it was a better fit. (laughs) 
Yeah. So it sounds like you're more of a people person and yeah, find satisfaction with working yes. with patients and. Yeah, definitely. I I do enjoy the interaction with you know all different types of patients. The elderly in the home care setting has definitely added a whole new realm. So I I do I do appreciate getting to interact with individuals throughout the day and uh, you know other professionals that definitely um, I enjoy that yeah quite a bit. Okay. Have you thought anything about um, too? Just I mean, because there's different places to work, and not everywhere is perfect. But is was is there anything that really resonates about working for Providence in your mind? Anything that you felt has been you know of comfort to you, or you know helped? I definitely think. I mean, like a lot of it goes being hired or kind of coming on as a new employee, or even as you know a, a long-term employee. It really the amount of kind of, I guess, just ability to, that they show for people, caring for people, really the push for the work-life balance and just, you know, making sure that those things are constantly checking in on those things, making sure those things continue to be met. Unfortunately, that's not always the case in any setting. So I really, I think that for me definitely keeps me here with Providence and really makes me reflect in a positive way. Well, this was wonderful getting this opportunity to spend with both of you. And I know that sharing wisdom and success tips is always really helpful to others. And uh, so really appreciate you sharing your home care journey today. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Okay. Take care, everyone. Thank you.